Welcome back to our special edition series of Life Beyond the Chariot, where this week we're focusing on all things natural family planning for NFP Awareness Week 2020. And today we have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Kimi Jo Tyskaroff, and looking at the really the medical side of fertility care. But Kimi Jo, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. So before we dive into the incredible science and the medical side of, of NFP, can you just share a little bit about yourself, give us your background? Yeah, absolutely. So I married, my husband and I have six children, and our oldest is 22 and our youngest is three years old. And I work primarily as a nurse faculty member, but I practice part-time and I'm trained as a family nurse practitioner. So, you know, a little bit kind of about the broad spectrum from birth until the end of our days. And then above and beyond uh, my training as a family nurse practitioner, I've worked with different entities um, that are approved by uh, the church to provide training on natural family planning, specifically from a medical perspective. Nice, nice. And most recently, you were studying, or you are studying, through the Pope Paul VI Institute in, is it Omaha, Nebraska? Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, very good, as a medical consultant. So can you just describe, you know, what, what is fertility care or fertility awareness from, from like a medical perspective, and how is that different from like the rhythm method or something where you just track maybe fertile symptoms on an app or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of things that we, uh, in the medical field, we send people home to track things at home. For example, their blood pressure, maybe their blood sugar, their heart rate. And we have lots of devices and things out there to help people track and become more aware of their overall health. So over time, we have taught women how to use biological signs to indicate and help them get a better understanding specifically on a person-to-person -person level when they are fertile. Mm -hmm. What we do in fertility care from the medical perspective is we really try to combine the evidence from a scientific perspective using things like laboratory testing or other diagnostic procedures combined with medicine, but our purpose and our goal is not merely to control fertility or to manage disease, but to help understand and cooperate with the body as God naturally intended us to. Yes, yes, which is fascinating. And um, I know for, for our listeners, if you're, you're not familiar with the various methods of, of NFP, um, there's kind of this broad spectrum, and they, but they all have ways of tracking fertility, which is really amazing that it's all based off of um, just the, the design, God's design for fertility. God's design in a woman, and that fertility is not a disease. So you have things like the Billings method um, or symptothermal, symptohormonal, and then what I consider to be like the Cadillac of, of NFP the fertility care method or the Creighton method, which, which you've been trained in. Um, so what types of information can a woman gain by, by looking at, by tracking her cycle um, or tracking these different signs of fertility throughout the month? Right. So together with the goals of family planning, reproductive health monitoring, and then just good gynecological health. Um, we work with women who are single, 
Um, and we work with women who are married across the, the lifespan. And we try to help women and couples understand their own biomarkers. So there are specific things within the body that naturally occur during the seasons of life. Um, one would be uh, when we are fertile as women. And so we look at things like our temperature. We look at things like cervical mucus, the different signs that we track. From the medical perspective, we really combine over 30 years of scientific evidence to get more of an objective look. And so for a couple, that can be extremely valuable to know that they're not alone and they have someone else that's looking at a really wide, broad spectrum, uh, working with couples and clients um, to give them a better view and in greater accuracy in what it is that they're, they're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like, I guess, for, for a woman if she's um, and I know we talk about NFP typically with with married couples, but really this is act, this is information that really any woman should have access to and almost like way before marriage, it seems like it would be beneficial for for women to start tracking these things. Um, so I guess, yeah, just kind of backing up. What does that look like for, for someone to, to learn a method or, or work with you specifically? How are they learning how to make these observations? What are the types of things they're looking for? What is that education process like? Yeah, yeah. So we recommend that folks who are interested start off by working with a fertility care practitioner. That can be someone that is medically trained or trained as a nurse, or it can be someone who is what we call an allied health professional. So they probably use the method themselves, and then they've had additional training, and they demonstrate a pretty high level of competency to gain a, a, a pretty robust certification process, and then maintaining that throughout the years. So working very closely with the practitioner through a series of meetings, I like to caution folks that they really should prayerfully consider the amount of time investing up front, um, the time and the energy. The older I get, uh, very humbly, I'd like to admit that I prefer to be around things that I'm a little bit more of a master at, right? It's, it's hard to learn something and be patient with oneself. So initially, there are a series of meetings about every two weeks uh, where we're asking a couple or a single woman to do monitoring of cervical mucus. We're teaching about different signs throughout the body and asking couples or, or women specifically to track those, and then we're looking for patterns. Oftentimes, uh, women or couples will find that that works for them. They can start to understand and work with their fertility, um, which is extremely uh, empowering. We think about the vital signs in the body. So there's the temperature, the heart rate, the respiratory rate, the blood pressure. But really for women, that fifth vital sign is our own underlying fertility cycles. And they can change for women. Um, I've heard a lot of women say, well, I have abnormal cycles. Well, I have yet to find a cycle that's really normal. <laughs> it's personal and it changes because we as women are very sensitive to our environments. And I think it's all part of how God made us to endure and to change and sort of adapt in the world as we move through the seasons of um, being a young girl into being a young woman. And then for, for some women and uh, many women, maybe they go into a, a time or season of motherhood. Um, all the way into the transition years and then into their, their older female years. So there's not a stagnant one-size-fits-all. 
And our goal in this education process is to develop a relationship with safety and trust and respect where you have the tools that you need to interpret and track through the seasons and know what your underlying rhythms are. What is your body telling you? And then how can you make informed decisions? So we do find that there are women or couples that have some underlying issues that perhaps have never been picked up or detected by another medical provider. Um, one would be recurring ovarian cysts. Um, I think of women that have um, very painful cramping or uh, what we call premenstrual syndrome. Um, maybe there's mood changes or psychological changes. There are a lot of things going on in the body. Um, endometriosis is another very common condition. And so um, sometimes women come in and they already know they have an underlying condition, but we take the time to really establish a good solid overview through tracking in a, in a fertility chart. Daily tracking um, throughout the day, every day, and there's, there's certainly some, some room for improvement. Nobody does it perfectly at first, mm -hmm. but it's amazing with your persistence and your eagerness, God blesses that. And through working with a practitioner, we get enough of a sense of what's going on that a practitioner can then refer a woman or a couple to a medical consultant. That person is trained specifically to look at a chart and then to use the protocols that are based on the science, but also very much focused on uh, staying consistent with church teaching and the truths that God has, has relayed to us so that we work cooperatively instead of trying to control or manipulate or change. And that's probably the biggest difference between what we do with NAPRO technology or the Creighton Model Fertility Care System. The mainstream medical model tends to be largely artificial and very suppressive and we want to get to the root of any problem or any symptom that a woman or a couple is experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I, I really love that and I appreciate that deeply about the fertility fertility care. And that's why it's almost like using the, the term natural family planning almost doesn't even capture all that, that NFP methods like this can offer because it's it's so much more than just like planning a family. It's helping people to, in, in some senses, to, to find healing, um, to, to find alternatives to, to birth control that don't just mask symptoms, but get to the root issue. So um, instead of using something like IVF, using NAPRO technology, can you describe a little more what, what NAPRO technology is or, or how, that, how it differs from IVF and why it's, it's more successful than, than IVF? Yeah. So with Umana Vitae, uh, there was really a direct call for healthcare professionals to try to study science and look for ways that we could serve people without violating the truths that that our, our gracious Heavenly Father and Mother Church have given us. And so there certainly is the application of medicine um, and again, diagnostic testing, but the protocols are in such that, again, we work cooperatively. So, for example, we may have someone who um, has an underlying condition. We work to understand first the baseline of where they're at, and then we design or use the protocols to design really a very personalized, individualized plan for that person. 
Um, so that can change, which is why we continue to have follow-up visits and we continue to, just like you would see maybe your family doctor once a year, you continue to stay in touch with your fertility care practitioner or even your medical consultant. Um, so those are some things that, that we would, would ask folks to do. Um, I feel like I only got part of your question. Maybe no, 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 it's okay. So if if someone, so for example, like if a woman was struggling with infertility, or it turned out that endometriosis was an issue, um, what would what would kind of like the the, the processes? Because I've heard of things like surgery can can be helpful, um, but is there anything else that kind of encompasses napro and fertility care for for treatment of of something like that? Yes. So thank you for redirecting me. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're never technology really can help and it's natural procreative technology. It relies on the Creighton model fertility care system, but what's largely missing is the, the really amazing science about the, um, the uterus, the female anatomy of the cervix, and the way God made women with what we call a biological valve. And so depending upon where a woman is in her cycle, we know that there are changes in the cervix and working with those, we can help a woman again achieve or avoid pregnancy. The IVF approach largely just bypasses the cervix um, because the goal is pregnancy. Um, to, to just get a couple pregnant, but we find that there can be additional problems. We, anytime we can have a pregnancy, we want to make sure we do it without the destruction of embryos mm -hmm. because we believe that life begins at conception and we don't want to destroy embryos, which is pretty common with in vitro fertilization. But then we also want to help a woman stay pregnant. So we have available protocols uh, really looking very um, eagerly at the daily hormone levels to maintain that pregnancy and some of the signs and symptoms that may otherwise be overlooked, um, we're gonna be very, very sensitive to that. We want to sustain that pregnancy to full term. And so NAPRO can be used to um, sustain and, and try to prevent uh, premature birth. Um, it can also help to sustain and, and help that woman uh, with any signs that she has throughout the pregnancy as well. Really treating the whole woman versus just focusing on pregnancy and implantation in the uterus. Right. Ah, that's, that's incredible. And I, I really encourage people to look into uh, the Pope Paul VI Institute. We'll put notes uh, in, the, in the show notes uh, of links to the Pope Paul VI Institute and more information about NAPRO technology, because really the, the science behind all of this is incredible. And it's, and it's really beautiful how God provides what we need when we need it and just seeing how, how all of this develops. Um, I know one thing that I hear a lot uh, from women during uh, marriage formation retreats, and I know you've, you've been at, at several of our retreats as well, but a common question sometimes is women will say, well, you know, I'm on birth control, but it's not because, you know, I'm trying to avoid pregnancy. It's because I've been diagnosed with a specific um, issue, and this is, my doctor says, this is the only thing that's going to fix the problem, but it seems like there's there's kind of a disconnect there because I, I I and and I'm not a medical consultant. You are the master here, so you can correct me. But it seems like what what happens with a lot of birth control is that 
it's not getting to the root of the issue. It seems like it's taking care of symptoms and alleviating symptoms, but maybe you can provide um, or, or just give an example of, um, of situations where birth control would do one thing, but using something like fertility care could actually diagnose something else or, or the, the root issue, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love the question. And it is so common that women are um, given kind of a band-aid approach um, because it's so common and it tends to be the mainstream approach in gynecological health and wellness. Um, but I would encourage any woman or couple to begin their journey in prayer, remembering that the God of all wisdom and understanding is our creator, and he is the good and great physician. He counsels with us and he, he leads us on our journey. And um, sometimes we have to seek out more than one opinion and particularly looking for a Catholic provider who is um, very um, much committed to practicing in a way that is in line with their Catholic teaching. Um, their evidence is out there, but it's not readily marketed. We have to recognize that even within American medicine, there is a lot of power and money in research and specifically in the pharmacological industry. So what may commonly be put out there and offered is what the last a pharmaceutical rep offered to a provider. Um, and we have to really be aware of that and, and understand kind of the bigger picture beyond uh, who we are and, and know that there is a better option. So for providers who are trained in um, the Creighton Model Fertility Care System and NAPRO technology, we have available um, the idea that we can teach and work with a woman or couple. And we're going to send them on a journey working with us and have this relationship where we're meeting pretty regularly. And we're trusting that woman and that couple to use their God-given intelligence to ask questions and to become educated. We can't be with the patient or the client all the time, but if we teach you and, and give you some training, you can then be really like the best advocate for yourself. And that information is vital to our assessment and our diagnosis of the overall condition. So a very common thing that we see is uh, women will have, even as, as early as their, their young 20s and even uh, into their teen years, we see this, where there is a, um, a hormonal imbalance. A woman doesn't have enough progesterone um, specifically towards the end of her cycle. And so she may experience a variety of symptoms, headache, fatigue, nausea, mood changes, cravings. And somewhere we're kind of taught that like this is okay and this is just part of being a woman and we might dismiss it. And then maybe we're offered, you know, take this pill, it'll make it better. Um, I've heard women um, describe the intense pain of both ovulation and then uh, going through menses and having the shedding of the endometrial lining um, so much that it, it, they have to take a day off of work or they can't go to school for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, it, is, it is a real problem that so many of us deal with, but yet I think that in the current culture, we probably don't talk about it enough. Mm -hmm. um, I think you know, probably 100 years ago where women spent more time together, we probably passed down things. 
Um, but the good news is that through um, the latest availability of technology and, and planning, we can help pick up on those signs. And instead of turning to a drug, a synthetic hormone, to completely alter and really wipe out or override the natural biorhythms, we can still work cooperatively. So we might offer an additional um, level of progesterone, a supplement, if you will, to help women so that they're still having their natural process um, intervening really at the least invasive level. Um, because again, our goal is not to treat a disease here. It's to maximize wellness and really the purpose and the design of the human body. Yes, yes. And again, this is why I, I just feel like NFP is such an essential part of fertility awareness is such an essential part of women's health and just something that every woman should have access to really and then that's a goal for our diocese is to make all of this available in in multiple languages but so when should women start learning these things it, it, because it's just it's such valuable information to um, to pay attention to to our fertility and I'd like how you described it as the this, like, the fifth vital sign um, but yeah when do we when should we be learning all of this yeah I think commonly we we tend to initiate this when a couple is coming to the church for marriage. And I think that we really need to go back to the family, the domestic church. So I want to offer this out there as a, as a challenge. If you are a parent or a grandparent, or if you have godchildren and you want to see them grow and develop their, their full potential to care for and be a good steward of their body, get information about natural family planning and try to introduce them to that information um, because the more they can get aware of that, um, they're going to be their best advocate. And I think it can begin as early as um, puberty with reproduction. I think it's a message that we need to extend to young men and young women. Yes. There's, there's far too much uh, insensitivity toward what God has naturally created. And when young men and young women can get an awareness that this is normal, it's natural, it's healthy, and we need to embrace it, not mask it or suppress it, we have a greater appreciation for our God-given masculinity and femininity. Yes. Um, it goes deeply into how we communicate and collaborate with each other, how we, we serve each other, um, and in I could go on and on about that and, and our need to sort of revive that, how God has made us as men and women. Um, but just simply for a, a, a woman to uh, begin with her own children when she begins to learn about reproduction and the natural functioning of the body, it's never too early to really begin teaching that and supporting a young woman with, uh, you know, maybe perhaps a mom and a daughter meeting with a healthcare practitioner to have some awareness um, of what's going on before she is ready to uh, decide, you know, if she's called to marriage or, uh, you know, to be uh, in a vocation as a single woman. Um, all of those things help support um, overall development and growth um, for, for whatever the calling is on the individual. Absolutely. And that calls to mind for, for me, I grew up in Memphis and in the Diocese of Memphis, 
their NFP uh, ministry was was awesome. So shout out to Mary Pat Van Epps from from Memphis. But she um, she ran these programs called the Mother Daughter Father Son Program, and that's where I learned about just just a woman's body. And and I was there with my mom and and with other friends and their moms. But they just went through. You know, this is what's going to happen when you hit puberty. But I remember it just being delivered in such a, a beautiful way and not in like a creepy or, or cheesy way. It was just like, this is, look at how God designed you. Isn't this amazing <laughs> that, that your body is designed to give life? And here's what's going to happen when you hit puberty and your, your body is designed to give life. And, the, and then the father-son program, the same way that they learn um, what's happening with, with women, what's happening with their own bodies, um, but in like a trusted environment. So when I, when I got older or um, even growing up, I remember seeing my mom's NFP stickers, like the little baby st stickers for the chart and asking her about that. And, and she's like, oh yeah, well, this is how I, I can tell when I can have a baby or not every month. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then run off and play with Barbies or something. But I appreciated that it was something very normal. Um, so that when I was a young adult, and even before I met Michael, my husband, um, it was just something that we, that I was like, okay, yeah, like NFP, it's a normal thing. Um, so now I can go learn it. Um, and that's what helped to, for me, it helped diagnose some thyroid issues that yeah. were coming up like with blood work and things like that. So, so yeah, I, I love how, how you, you emphasize that, like, let's go back to the family and, and just affirming it from a young age. Yeah, I get to work with single women who, although they're, they're not married and they're not looking to avoid or achieve pregnancy with every cycle, but with the understanding of their baseline biorhythms, they can listen to their body. Um, they know what they feel like in that early part of the cycle versus the middle or the latter part of the cycle. And they are gifted with the knowledge to self-manage. Um, there are days when they can you know, take it easy because they're still ovulating and that's kind of a big deal. Um, it doesn't mean they're sick or they're abnormal. It's just giving special grace for the body to be human as God made it. Yes. And it's very common for us in our current culture to just go, 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 go without really listening um, intuitively to what's, what's going on with me, right? How am I showing up? And if I take care of myself, perhaps I'll be more generous in taking care of others. Sometimes we, yes. we sort of put everybody else first and we, we forget right. about ourselves. Yeah. For the married couple, um, you know, in the culture at large, we think about, I hear people talk about, well, with natural family planning, you have to, um, you have to deny yourself, you know, you have to abstain. But what I hear people using with fertility care is the gift of awareness, of, of knowing where each other is at. And so when a loving husband can have an awareness that this is where my wife is at in her cycle, I know what's to come and I know what she's going through now, he has knowledge to be able to serve her and be sensitive to her that he otherwise wouldn't have available. So we hear couples talking about how it enhances their communication um, with really being one together in Christ, um, what's going on with her kind of impacts what's going on with him and vice versa. And then we, we really get to sort of redefine what human sexuality is in the way that God intended it. And this is such an important message for today to really 
acknowledge the full dignity of how God made every human being. We are sexual beings, but that is not limited solely to our reproductive organs or our genitals. Think about how God made us spiritually. He made us psychologically and emotionally, and he made parts of us that are very communicative. And we want to embrace all of that within our sexuality. So for couples who are, for one reason or another, choosing to avoid pregnancy when they have noted days of fertility and they decide we're, we're not going to have genital contact, they still have other areas of their relationship to explore to build up their sexuality. Mm. It just comes in a, in a different way. And so when you think about the satisfaction and the joy and the full growth and development of the individual and the couple in marriage, that is so much more that we can offer people than just taking a, a straight approach that well, let's just control or suppress your fertility. It's about really developing the full person. Yes, yeah, which is very Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> like we're body soul, right? We want to take care of both. So awesome. Yeah. So for anyone who would want to maybe learn the, the Crate method or just learn more about uh, what fertility um, awareness can, can offer them, whether that's, you know, just as a, as a single person or within their marriage, um, you're located in Longview, but I know you do some distance learning type thing. Thank God for Zoom, right? Yes. Uh, but what does that process look like? like? If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would the kind of the education process look like? Right. So wherever you are today as a single person or as a couple, I think it's, it's good uh, wisdom to get your priest or your pastor involved or your spiritual director, you know, ask for that prayer and that support. God gave us community for a purpose. And we have to acknowledge that this message and really you know, marriage and, and being pro-life, this is under attack. And so I would ask any person really consider drawing in that support through prayer. Um, certainly through the diocese, um, reaching out to someone like myself, um, be open to maybe meeting with more than one practitioner. I think that God has kind of a, a sacred design for couples. Um, sometimes I've worked with people and it's just not really a good dynamic for one reason or another. And in which case I'm happy to say, you know what, I want to refer you on to somebody that maybe could have a, a different approach with you um, because you want to have trust and respect and personality, you know, kind of works within that. But we, we have a lot of practitioners um, really throughout the U.S. and around the world that will meet with couples um, over the internet through telehealth. Um, so expect that that intro meeting um, is just kind of a searching and sort of feeling out and, and be honest and be open if it doesn't feel like a good fit. Um, being willing to take some time to learn. And this is probably the hardest thing. There's usually some financial cost associated with seeking out support. Um, but I know many uh, priests and dioceses will work with people um, so that they can pursue uh, natural family planning um, and, and not have the barrier of financial resources. But it takes a significant self-sacrifice and persistence to continue practicing and working through um, the, the system. 
for the couple, it really requires the man and the woman. And so we, we say that the woman observes, but the husband is fully there to support and chart. And, and this is about being together, not putting the responsibility on one person in the marriage. Um, in, in that first three months, pretty regular meetings, you know, usually every couple of weeks, um, usually meetings are about an hour. Um, and so there's that initial investment. Um, after about three months, usually we will meet with someone monthly. Again, going through the same uh, system of just reviewing the chart, um, reiterating educational themes and messages of really learning the system. There's some correction there. And, and again, being patient with self, which is not easy. Um, <laughs> But after about six to eight months, um, a person starts to get a sense of confidence, which is key, um, confidence within themselves or, or their spouse as well, and then confidence with the practitioner. And usually at about a year, uh, we say to folks, you know, come back if you need me between now and then, but then we meet up in six months or 12 months and make it a part of our regular health and wellness. We, we, we try to go to the dental hygienist every six months and we try to go in for an annual wellness exam. Um, we don't want to wait until we're broke and then try to fix it. There's a lot to be said about prevention and wellness and being an active part of that regularly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kimmy, thank you so much for having this conversation with us, but even just being part of our diocese and the teaching mission here, you are a great blessing <laughs> to, to all of our couples and, and yeah, just to everyone in the diocese of Tyler and in the St. Philip Institute, one thing that we are working on is just continuing to develop these, these resources for, for natural family planning. So having a variety of methods available. Dr. Kami Joe is trained in the fertility care method, of course, and um, Marquette as well, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then we have resources like the Billings method or Symptothermal. And I always try to encourage couples to find the method that works for you. Yes. If, if fertility care is not what you need right now and you want to try something else, do that. Do what's best for, for you. Um, I know I, I've looked at the different methods and figured out like I... I'm not, I'm not quite to fertility care level, the Cadillac of NFP quite yet. I just, I'm, I'm satisfied with, <laughs> with the other methods, but I can yeah. see the value in all of the different, uh, all the different methods that are offered. So um, on the NFP uh, portion of the family life page, so stphilipinstitute.org slash family life, uh, we will continue to uh, develop those resources. But one final question, um, Kami Jo, that just came to mind. I know in our diocese, we are really blessed to have a lot of Catholic medical professionals. <laughs> and um, I think when we moved here, especially just looking around the Tyler area, we were really surprised by how many Catholics are in the medical field here. But what encouragement might you offer to um, to any medical professionals who maybe struggle with this particular teaching of the church or really think back to what they were taught in medical school that, well, you know, birth control is, is what they told us we needed to prescribe. So that's what we're going to do. Um, or they're just kind of wrestling with, you know, looking at something like fertility care. Is there, is there any encouragement that you could offer to them to kind of look at, at the other side? 
Yeah, absolutely. I love the question. And I think it's really about ongoing formation in catechesis. Um, I am a convert. I was not born a cradle Catholic. And if you would have asked me decades ago, you know, hey, what do you think you'll be Catholic one day? I would have said absolutely not. <laughs> and so with some humility and grace, recognize that where any of us is today, we truly do not know all there is to know. And there's a lot of myths out there. There's a lot of myths about what the Catholic Church teaches. And I find not only do non-Catholics, you know, come across these myths, but even cradle Catholics. Um, so really, um, if you feel that nudging of the Holy Spirit, um, I would ask you in prayer to just consider opening your heart and mind. It's a journey towards understanding. I'm happy to have you um, have anyone connect with me or reach out to me with the availability of technology. We have people, you know, professionals who've been doing this, uh, whether they're OBGYNs or um, they're family practitioners in medicine or nursing all over the country that can share years of experience and working with these methods. And they can also speak from their own conversion. Um, there are a lot of people that we just didn't know. We didn't know there was a different option. Um, for me and my husband, I was put on a medicine uh, after the, the birth of our last child and just very sternly told, I'm not going to be able to prescribe this medicine for you, Kemi Joe, unless you're on birth control. Mm. And you know, that was really hard because I was taught to trust the medical system and, and trust that doctor knows best. I'm not saying that doctor doesn't know best, but I'm saying that we have to really through prayer and discernment kind of test what's out there. And there is really kind of a resurgence of Catholic medical professionals that are finding out more about this science and recognizing that they are um, needing to make a decision to change their practice, at least be willing to understand and challenge with information what those myths are. Um, so I would start there. It's never my heart's desire to hit anybody over the head with knowledge. But I think with sharing our story, um, you know, and, and seeing the hand of God in our lives and our testimony, it is overwhelming to see this beautiful story of, uh, you know, any couple or any individual, whether it's with our own fertility or in our own medical practice, as God forms us and develops us ultimately to serve him, right, to serve him for his glory. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again, Tammy Joe, for your witness, uh, for your work, and just being available to, to so many to, to share this incredible knowledge. Um, so we will put Kami Joe's uh, contact information, if that's okay. I know it's on our yeah. website, but we'll put yeah. in the, the show notes and uh, just different resources uh, just to connect people to, to more information about uh, NAPRO technology and the fertility care method and all of that. And uh, later this week, we will have other videos uh, connected with, uh, with NFP. I believe we've got uh, Mickey Siba, uh, a friend of the show or co-host of the show, um, who will share how NAPRO technology actually helps them in their struggle with infertility. And um, I'll share my, my experience with NFP, and then we've got Father Braun coming up as well at the end of the week. But again, thank you so much, Kami Joe, And uh, yeah, God bless you and all you do. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Take care.